0: Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati.
1: Welcome everyone to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, he's Patrick, and we figured that given how much of a premium wins have been at this season for the Washington Redskins, we should probably reconvene to break down the Redskins win over the Detroit Lions yesterday and perform something of a quick state of the team, team, team? team check over the last, uh, of where they are right now, given this miserable, miserable season, um, especially how much has transpired over the last month or two. We figured we should probably get together and talk about things, even though it may not be, um, it may not be that enjoyable to do so, but that notwithstanding Patrick, um, your thoughts after yesterday's win over Detroit.
0: Yeah, just win baby. Um, I don't think I've ever been – I don't think I've ever been more frustrated after a win. Um, I was ho- – I mean, I wanted us to go 1-15 and 15 at this point. Yes. Just to lock in Chase Young. Um, but I think uh, – I have a lot of thoughts in the game. I, I, I would like to apologize to anybody that uh, listened to this podcast at the beginning of the year because Dwayne is kind of meh. Um, Apke is, is a terrific special teams player. Um <laughs> Basically, everything I said oh, this is all wrong. Everything was is all right. wrong. <laughs> um, I actually, when uh, you know, we'll get to the game, I guess, but when Apke made a stop on, on the you know, as the gunner, he's the first guy down there, every single play, I was laughing. I was like, Of course, yeah, like the one bright, bright spot we have is trust play and Apke as a gunner. Um, but I don't know, I, I think there's things to talk about. I think it was a it was a oddly fun game to me to watch um just because Dwayne's out there and you can basically pick everything apart that he did um but it was nice to win I did want us to go 1-15 but it was nice to end the day and just be like oh well at least we won a game but it does kind of suck because I don't want to I don't want the Giants to draft ahead of us I think that hasn't been talked about yet much nationally. Yeah. I do not want them to get chase young and the same record as we have now.
1: We're going to, we're going to get to that because we are 100% on the same page, but yes. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Haskins, because I think that's obviously the topic on everyone's mind. Um, the final stat line was obviously not pretty. It was 13 of 29 for 156 yards, zero touchdowns. We are now how many games without an offensive touchdown, considering the only score came on Steven Sims, this fumble that turned into a game? We game. scored two last week. Um,
0: but, Sorry, I mean, home, only t- scored...
1: home offensive touchdown, rather, right? Oh,
0: uh, I don't know, 2015.
1: Yeah, something in that neighborhood.
0: I don't think uh, we scored Alex Smith either,
1: so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> haskins was sacked three times finished with a qbr which is a misleading stat in many cases but They're
0: 12 right
1: it was 28 and a passer rating of 47 now that's pretty telling considering passer rating can be rather generous in many cases passer rating of 47 you know it's funny jp family of uh nbc's washington or whatever they've rebanded themselves as lately great
0: mustache by the way he, he, oh, yeah, I've, I've, missed,
1: I've missed that one he's got man. a
0: great mustache
1: um you know, I really should have done a November stash. I'm really kind of mad at myself. Still time. Not doing a one. I could probably give me a week.
0: Just Yeah, just start sniffing a lot of, like, wood and something. Get some real manly and just start pushing those hairs out.
1: Um, yeah. I look like a real Indian uncle after about, like, a few days. So, like, I, I you know, it's a, it's, it's a double-edged sword when I do so. Right. But – Finley, he made a very astute tweet, which I think sums up Redskins nation in general. And he said something, it was about 11 a.m. this morning, he goes, judging by Redskins Twitter, there are two distinct camps around Dwayne Haskins. One group thinks he's infallible and the other already believes he can't play, right? And there's basically after, you know, however many games he started, there's no middle ground. And I think in general, that kind of speaks to Redskins fandom, but, you know, at the risk of being, you know, cliche or whatever, there's obviously the middle ground. Um, Okay, he got the win it's the win in many cases, one of the most meaningless overrated stats in all the sports that, well, he's a winner. means absolutely fucking nothing, right? Like it's just one of those things where you can justify it to make a really bad pick and you can justify it. Why someone like Tom Brady is the greatest. Although there's many other reasons why you could justify that. And I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but just, just being completely honest. Right. He's the go. Um, He he is. And I, I would have fought that for a long time, but I can't do that anymore. Um. There's a lot of work to do. I I just, I, I just don't. There's no other way to put it. This is not a dig at Haskins. I think one of the things that we tend to forget, especially when we see early career success of guys like Patrick Mahomes, we see it for um, Lamar Jackson, and all of these guys doing this stuff in year two. There's still so much work to do with Haskins, and I think it's one of those things we. It's the elusive obvious we tend to overlook because we just expect, given all of the backdrop of early season success for so many young quarterbacks, they're like, well, he should be throwing for 4,000 yards already. And I think while it's nice to see him pick up the win, while it's nice to get the feeling in there and wanting to do it again, while it's nice to see the exuberance he had after the win, um, I think more than anything else, it's like, yes, it's good. It's that we got it. It's a nice emotional boost for the team. We tend to forget that they're human beings at the end of the day, but, Um, there's just, this is a long-term continuum. And the fact that this fan base is so reactionary and so knee-jerk about literally every single throw he makes and every single thing he does and every single thing that comes out of his mouth. You know, we are so focused on the trees and we tend to forget the forest as a result of it. And I think that's just the thing that this is one chapter in a really, really, really long ass story that's still being written in terms of whatever he is going to be
0: yeah the, the tweet was spot on um i know exactly what you're talking about and it's funny because um in my text out my buddies that we love to call the booze togs we're all split behind it too two of them are like he's he's a bust uh, and two of us are saying you know well three starts let's, let's stick it out i'm in the stick it out world um i will say though there are things to point to that like I don't, I don't think we know if he's going to be the bust. I don't think we know if he's going to be really good. I, it's, he's only started three games in the NFL. Hell, I mean, Aikman went, what,
1: 0-15 his rookie year? You know, and he good. figured it out. Um, it was awful as rookie year. People tend to forget yeah. the stories of like, you know, quarterbacks who have really shitty. I mean, Drew Brees wasn't good for three or four years. And I'm not saying that, you know, yeah. anyone's going to be like this, but like I said, just in today's climate where we expect instant success. Of so many cause of,
0: it's because of Twitter. It's because of Twitter. It's because of things like um, Sunday. It's because Sunday NFL ticket, you can watch every game. So everyone, it's no longer like you're stuck on your team and you watch that team. You can watch everybody now. Um, so it's instant gratification and you have guys like, um, you know, or we'll, we'll just use Mahomes and, um uh, just cause they're the two right now, but like, they're amazing. Uh, but I'll get to the reason I think they're amazing. Second, my thing with Haskins right now is like, he's got a long, long way to go. He does. Um, you know, I, but I do generally think, I mean, the talent is like, he oozes talent. Um, I, I I compared him to Jason Campbell in the last game because it feel like he throws the ball 100 miles an hour at every single target rather than trying to put some sort of touch on the ball. Yes. There's a there's a play, there's two plays or really three plays that stuck out to me that the third one I was going to say was he he had a sprinkle coming across the middle and he threw the ball 100 miles an hour and like sprinkle sucks since he was going to catch the ball. Um his worst pass of the game was, at least my opinion, was – and it get, I thought it got overlooked. I haven't seen anyone really talk about it. Is a simple check down to Geis. And it was in the third quarter. It was like the first drive. It was probably the easiest throw in the world. I mean, you and I could have underhanded this thing to Geis. And he threw it. And he sailed it. Yeah, it was a terrible throw. I was like, what in the God are you doing? Yeah. So that throw – but then there's the throw you have to Harmon down the middle that we just missed on. If he could figure out – I mean, that was an abs- – that was a 60-yard rope. Um, now, if he learns how to put a little touch in that ball, Harmon runs under it and scores a touchdown. Um, so, I, he's got a long way to go. He His QBR sucked. Uh, he generally wasn't very good. Um, his accuracy is a huge problem. Yes. Um, and we can get to the whole, like, wasn't out there for the knee thing. But there are throws he makes where you think, wow, this guy is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether you like to admit it or not, and granted the, the lines gave us the game, like Driscoll just gave us the game. Um, but he, he led a fourth quarter comeback and we didn't score any touchdowns, but he played his best when the in the fourth quarter. And that's what typically matters the most. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a long way to go. I think, um, he's, he needs to clean up his attitude a little bit, but he's also 20 years old or 22, however old he is. So like, that's going to change probably over time. Um, but I'm not willing to give up on him. I think he'll be very good, just it might take a long time. Yeah, I think... Hopefully hopefully our organization gives him the opportunity to be good because I think the reason Jackson's so good and Holmes is so good is the organizations uh, actually support him. Uh, So we'll see. So
1: it's interesting you bring up that point because I wanted to address that there. That actually, the fact that Snyder came in and commandeered the draft process and said, I'm that's wonderful that you guys are my scouts and my personnel department. It's wonderful. You guys have put in all this time and research and scouting everyone. I don't really care. We're drafting Haskins and do what you will is actually a good thing in this situation. And why I say that is because he's going to have the longest leash of everyone because the most important person in the organization is the one backing him. It's going to be one of those cases. It's kind of like, I don't dare bring up the name, but like, how McLuhan and Jay Gruden had to go to Snyder and said, we can't play Griffin anymore. Right. We can't, we can't do this. And I think at some point, I don't think Haskins is going to get there or really hope Haskins is not going to get there, but the fact that the most important person in the organization is going to give him the longest leash, just like Eric Bishotti was kind of the one who's like, Hey, I, you know, I I'm big on Lamar Jackson. I think he can do a lot of great things. He was one of the big, um, Eric Bichotti. I'm, I'm confusing Eric DeCosta and Steve Bichotti. Steve Bichotti was the guy who was really pushing for the Ravens to draft uh, Lamar Jackson in the 2018 NFL draft. And one of the reasons why they kind of acquiesced to that is because well, he's the owner of the team. Um, going back to Haskins, I think one of the throws that gets overlooked and it's easy because it's on the the, the two-minute drill as you mentioned that put them in position. But one thing that I watched and it got a little overlooked and no one's really talking about it. But I thought it did um it showed a lot of Haskins and the good and the bad was it was third and five. It was 28, 26 seconds left to go, right? So they're down and five. And um you could tell by the design of the play. I'm no Mark Bullock or anything like that. I can't tell you what the Redskins playbook looks like. I'm not I'm not even going to pretend to do it. But if you just looked at the way Haskins approach the play there was trey quinn was kind of breaking out to his left and he was running something kind of like an out and an up right so he's Mm -hmm. he's kind of faking like he was going to sit in the flat and make the corner kind of bite on the flat and then run past him on a go route right Mm -hmm. so that was clearly you could see the way haskins eyes were going that was his first read quinn did a really shitty job of selling the flat he just kind of he does he really does so quinn kind of just shimmied over into the flat did really nothing and then started breaking and the corner was draped all over him. And if Haskins was one of those one, one read and throw it or not any, and not really know what else to do, he would have either kind of forced it or just ate it or whatever, right? But you could see Haskins looked at it, saw that that was not open, set his footwork back and started looking downfield. And instead of trying to force the throw, like I said, to, to, uh, to Quinn, he started hitting McLaurin down the middle on a crossing route. And the guy was actually draped on McLaurin and he still hit him and he put it in a position where it's just a little high for McLaurin, but it was only in one of those spots where McLaurin could have got it, right? And that put the Redskins on the 22, set them up for the field goal. But in that same throw, one of the reasons why it was this close to missing was because um, Haskins' footwork was kind of all over the place. And he, what he did, he did this like jump throw, where because for whatever reason, Eric Flowers was falling backwards and like almost fell into Haskins. And like Haskins did this weird jump throw until I get around him. Like, all right, that's fine. You're athletic; you could do that. But the thing that kind of illustrates is that Haskins got the arm strength. He has the ability which is really hard, especially for spread quarterbacks, to look off his first read or to kind of process. And that's one of the things that I've always found with young quarterbacks. They're very one read and, oh, shit, what the hell do I do now? And Haskins has shown flashes where he's like, All right, I can start to read their progressions, which, again, if you played at Ohio State, you don't really have progressions because you're throwing the guys who are fucking wide open, right? And it's almost that, always, always the case in that, in that scenario. Um, but at the same time it's mis- is the reason why his throws sail, and the reason why he makes, you know, some of these wild misses is mechanics in many cases, and especially it's mostly his footwork. They're just off and I don't know what it is and like how he's gotten away with it. But I think that's the real thing that if we're going to look over the next year or two, and it's going to take someone really, really focusing on him to kind of fix that part of his game. Um, everyone, it was the, I was it the Jets game or was it, I think it was the Jets game, where that long throw he had to McLaurin and uh, and it got called back as a result of a penalty. Right?
0: Oh, that was an outrageous throw.
1: Right? But even if you watch that throw, and I'm not trying to hate, right, he's like jumping up in the air and like he's two feet off the ground when he's releasing the ball. Like, I, That's the one thing that just seems so strange to me. And I know he was rolling kind of or stepping up into the pocket, but like, his footwork just seems so strange to me in so many cases. And I think that's one of those things where if it's going to take a long time to fix it, great, let's put in the time and investment. But that's the thing that's really going to help kind of fix everything around him. And you brought up the comparison of, um, who would you compare him to earlier? It was really a student. Gamble. I'm, I'm Campbell. Campbell, right? To me, Dwayne Haskins really reminds me of Josh Allen in Buffalo right? Physical talent, not nearly as mobile and athletic as Josh Allen, but so much raw potential, but kind of just wild with where he's throwing the ball. But if you can ring that in and work with him slowly and kind of get better and better, Allen's not great in year two, but he's a lot better than we, most people thought he would be present company included. And I can't think that's kind of my paradigm when I'm looking at Haskins. That you just see, to your point, there's these flashes of like, oh, there's interesting things he can really do. And then you're like, yeah, but what the hell is that?
0: Yeah, one of, You mentioned the, uh, the reads. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, I don't know if this kid's going to be a bust or not. He might be. I, I don't know. I, sure. I, think, I think right now, I, if I had to predict, I'd probably go bust. But uh, I don't think he necessarily will be because I forget. I think it was a throw to Harmon who, God, that guy's going to be awesome. Uh, Hit he, on both the receivers this year, man. I know. But there's a, the Fox cameras caught him, and he literally went from one read to two read to three read, and then the ball was out all in the span of like two seconds um and it, his pocket presence is actually pretty good now it's it was kind of sporadic early on especially against the giants it's bad against the vikings it's better against the jets i actually thought his pocket presence this past game was really good i'm not i'm i'm also obviously not peyton manning or anything but you know he stood in there for the most part took hits kind of got through it and you know when the plays broke down i think he had 20 30 yards rushing including that key first down in the uh Uh, game winning drive so there are things i think that we can work with and i'm excited about Uh, i think one of the things i'm excited about is every time he gets challenged or something he seemingly gets better at it now it could be something as simple as the playbook right but if you notice we never had a single false start everyone was in out there was no miss you know most i think we had back-to-back false starts but i don't really necessarily think they were on him um in the first half but The offense just ran a lot smoother. It's a small thing, but when he's trying to process everything, I think it's kind of a big thing for him. Um, And which brings us down to the mechanics. Like, dude, if he had good mechanics and just hit McLaurin twice out of the five times, it was wide open. I mean, that game
1: wouldn't have been close. No. Um, McLaurin has just been so damn good, and I I think that's one of the things. Like, he was beating Darius Slay. who was a top – 15 corner in the NFL. They were tweeting
0: him. at each other today about it.
1: You know, they're beating him like a drum all weekday. And, I'm, and, you know, I was I was doing something else for another piece I was kind of writing about. And I was trying to look at the top offensive rookies of this year. And I'm like, McLaurin's in the top five in terms of offensive rookies around the NFL. Like, it's you'd be hard-pressed to find, in fact, he's a stud. outside of Kyler and Josh Jacobs in, in Oakland, I really challenge people to find one or two more rookies that are playing better than McLaurin. But I, yeah. I cut you off.
0: No, no, I, I, think, I think you're right. The, um, McLaurin there was a play in the fourth quarter, maybe late third. There was um, the first drive when he beat Slay. I mean, he beat Slay left and right. And then, obviously, the missed touchdown in the first quarter, uh, that throw was just uh, – I, like, my mouth dropped. I was like, how did you miss that throw? Um, also, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the NFL, there was a lot of really bad wide-open throws. this weekend. Russell, who's been the best quarterback in the league outside of Lamar. Had a 15-yard little lob pass to wide him tight, and he threw it into the threw it into the stands. I was like, "Chico what are you Hollister's doing?
1: on my fantasy team."
0: Very well aware of it. Yeah, I was. I was like, "What?" Uh, but here's my here's my take on Dwayne. I I think there's something to work with. He got he has to clean up his mechanics. His inaccuracy is a problem. Um, but having said that, I think if he fixed the accuracy and continuously gets used to this game speed, and most importantly, we got to hit on the coach, whoever our next coach is. Got it. Got it hit on it. Because they have to work together and they have to work in tandem. So I think if we do the things, I, I think there's something there with Haskins. But for the camp that says, screw it, just draft a quarterback. Well, if Haskins sucks again next year, then we just tank for Trevor. So, like, calm down, team. I think we have to give him this year. And then next year, we have to give him the, the resources to be good um, and, and hope we hit. Because, like, drafting quarterbacks back like here, that doesn't happen. And I know Arizona um, did it, but like that
1: doesn't happen. The, the confluence events for Arizona is so different. We don't have Cliff Kingsbury coming out and, and drafting a guy who he declared to be the best player in college football, you know, coming out of school. I think that was a yeah. very, very unique situation to your point. Um, I'm going to go out and say a hot take. I'll talk about another day. I don't want to dive down this rabbit hole. Um, let's hypothetically say the Redskins finished with the number one overall pick. I, I'm not a Joe Burrow guy. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know everyone else in the world is just gushing. We don't have to be, though. We just got to trade him. Right. pick. So I'm all about it. Yeah, like try to get some – some. If it's, if it's not a Ricky Williams deal, just get some load of picks, anything, right, just to move on. Here's the deal. Let's say we're,
0: the Bengals mm-hmm. might not win a game. I just looked at their schedule. They, they have Miami. I, I think, think Miami beats them. them. I don't think they're going to win a game. So I'm so. going gonna, gonna to say they get the first pick. Um, Although I'll
1: say we, point, uh, I think Zach Taylor was about to lose the locker room, and that's why he had to put Dalton back in. They announced they're putting Dalton back in today over Ryan Finley. They? Yeah, because I feel like he was going to lose the team if he kept trying to play Ryan Finley. Like I genuinely oh, believe that. So there's a chance they may sneak a win or two somewhere. I haven't looked. I know they play Miami shortly, but yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Well, regardless, let's say we let's say we're in that. Let's say oh, dude, I really don't want to get a third pick, and the Giants get the second pick. Yep. Um, we are, contrary to what Bruce thinks, we are not close by any means. And uh, we're not just like one player and good. Um, I, I want that pick more because it's a king's ransom for people who want, you know, Burrow or whomever or two, or hopefully two, I even know he's Got the I don't think lead. it's
1: me too I, I think yeah. right now he's probably going to slip a little bit because the injury. There's a yeah. long checkered history of injury. I think Justin Herbert's going to make his way up there as pro- the process unfolds. That guy can spin it. That's one yeah. thing I,
0: that's cool about being on the West Coast is being able to watch Oregon and that guy can throw, throw the football. Outside of this last um,
1: Saturday, but yes.
0: Yes. Um, but I want to trade that pick for Kings Ransom. Uh, at the same time, I'm like Chase Young is so good that I think you might have to just take him. Uh, The problem is I don't think we're one player away, and we don't have a second-round pick because because of Haskins, Sweat's getting off easy here. That dude sucks. Uh, I mean, hopefully he'll be good because pass rushers tend to take a couple years, but, like, dude, that whole game against the Lions, they doubled Kerrigan, and he was on an island, and he had one sack, and that sack was when they just didn't block him. Oh, he's so bad. Yeah. I hope he turns out good, but um, I, we need players, and I think that's why you trade back. But if we have a chance to take young, I might
1: do it. I think Chase Young is the best pass rushing prospect since Khalil Mack in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm just going to. So, in that case, you take him no matter what.
1: You have to. I, 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 the fear that you have right now that if we finish, so if the draft were today, we're actually number four, if I'm not mistaken. I think Miami, the Giants, and the Bengals yeah, are ahead of us.
0: You got to trade that. You got to trade that pick because you, you have don't.
1: to trade out of it. Because I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. I know knowing as fast backwards as this team is, they're going to try to draft a tackle and be like, look, we found our Trent Williams replacement. I'm like, that solves nothing. That is, you took one, two steps backward. And now you took one step forward. You're trying to justify that you did something good. Like that's an Ernie Grunfeld move if I've ever seen one in my life, right? (sighs) So, I forgot about Ernie. <laughs> yeah, right. So, they're gonna, if they try to take, and I know there is like three good offensive tackles that they could potentially kick tires on the top ten. Um, I wrote the piece on the on the H D D site, which I believe firmly that if if the draft were today, I think they'd go after Jerry Judy. Um, I think Jerry Judy is excellent. Oh, I saw that piece. I watch a ton of Alabama just because of my wife. Unfortunately, um, Judy's amazing. I think a lot of people compare him to Odell Beckham. I disagree with the comp. I know he's Jamie McLaurin and Harmon. Woo! I I know he's fucking crazy, but my comp for um, Jerry Judy is actually Antonio Brown. I think they're so similar in the way they play and their style of game and everything. Is he as
0: crazy as Antonio
1: Brown? No, from all for everything I from everything I understand so far, I I doubt it. I I don't think he's had that many hits to the head or um, hits of other things. But that's my comp for him. So I think Judy is incredible. I think the fact that he's just a little under 200 pounds might scare some people, but he is just his footwork, his route running, his hands just out well hands are little need, they
0: keep they keep saying literally every report that comes out of fucking ashburn is we need playmakers they won't trade Trent because they're and looking for a playmaker
1: that's the thing right john so I, as i mentioned that piece like john Kyman in one of his podcasts right i think after the jets game was like look the front office is very very aware of the fact that they have nobody around haskins we have literally nothing at tight end to your point uh, Davis and uh, Jordan Reed's done. Let's just. We have the highest. Year. We
0: have the highest cap hit at tight end in the whole NFL, and, and we get is, literally nothing out of it. It's
1: the worst position on the field
0: every every week.
1: And uh, to the point where we're just playing seven offensive linemen because we literally have nobody to play a tight end. Um, yeah. I, mean, Berg, I mean Bergman Bergstrom. Bergstrom. Guy, right. Yeah. That and guy he, fucking sucks. Yeah. He could screw him after his, after kind of given the Haskins. The, who the fuck are you? And it's like no, actually Tony Bergstrom. Who the fuck are you? You know, yeah. in, the, in the grand scheme of things, they're playing tied in for the Washington Redskins and they're one and nine. Bingo. <laughs> um, or two you know, there's, there's McLaurin. There's Harmon. You know who are obviously rookies this year. P. Rich is a guy. He's going to be gone. I, I strongly doubt that guy's sticking. Oh,
0: I was wrong in this one too. I was excited about P. Rich. I was excited um, about Trey Quinn. I was, ex- I was. I I was. said about Trey Quinn. I was.
1: I said Flowers was terrible. I was wrong in all of them. <laughs> I thought Sheriff, Sheriff was probably one of my favorite Redskins on the team, and that guy has been god-awful this year. I mean, yeah. trash. I mean, it's perfect for us in terms of him trying to get a contract extension because we, we should pay him a ham sandwich right now from someone who doesn't like ham at all, right? Like, that's, that's what he's it. worth because he's been god-awful this year. Like it's, He's probably, over the last handful of games, been worse than Morgan Moses, and that's saying something considering the way Moses started the season. I don't know. Moses, Moses,
0: Moses, Moses we, so my, my text thread I've been telling about Boothogs, we had, my buddy Chester came up with this thing called the stink meter. Um, uh, it's very, very simple, fun. Morgan Moses doesn't even qualify,
1: he's just hes not even able to talk <laughs> <onto> the meter. <laughs> he's awful. Oh, he's so bad. Um, all right, certainly back, back, to, so yeah. certainly back to Haskins. Although, so to finish the point, of, I'm all in on Chase Young, I think we need a pass rusher. Um, I, I. I would put all my eggs in the basket, and I would be very happy. And to your point, I know—I mean, I would bet great money that if the Giants finished with the number two pick overall, they would take Chase Young without
0: thinking. Oh, that would be devastating.
1: And that's the worst thing: a to miss out on him, but b, more importantly, watch him in the division, and c, for a team like the Giants, just no thank you at so many different levels.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I don't. Yeah, especially if we have Moses lined up in the right tackle again next year. <laughs> yeah. See, la- see See you later.
1: But getting back yeah. to Haskins, you touched on it, and I think that's a really good point that you made. Um, th- it's another double edged sword, right? Like, he's definitely immature, and this is not a dog whistle about saying anything about him as a demographic or anything like that. There's just a certain immaturity, both in a positive way, like the giddiness that he shows, in many cases, the emotions that he shows, you know, the things that he does. He's a stupid 22 year old, and I say that. In the term of a stupid 22 year old not that he is stupid um in in so many cases i think i thought the comment that he made after the game where they're like well you know you had a shitty game and then you played really well on the last drive he goes yeah i'm a closer I'm A closer oh it's like, terrible i'm like bro like the you know that's that's not the comment to make. but it, i'm not crushing him in that sense i think this is just you know we're so used to guys being like having the swagger and coming out of a big name school and playing you know and winning 10 games every year that like just have and it's like and you come in and it's like you know you're not the oh shucks gee golly i i I suck at everything and i need to do better type of guy and like the bravado is, is is good you need that in many cases that's how you become a pro athlete but it's just it was a little tone deaf but i'm not slamming him again this is just an immature it's immaturity the selfie with the fan all right it's funny it's silly it's stupid there's whatever you want to call it right but like it just goes to it but i'm not saying that he is an immature twerp he's not you know, we have an ongoing thread. We've evolved now into a slack. But like one of my friends, I think after a couple, he tends to be the knee-jerk reactionary on, in our group. And I think after, the, I think it was after the Giants game, he was like, so we just drafted Jamarcus Russell. And I'm like, no, dude, like he's not, he doesn't spend his time like shoving food in his face all week long. Like the fact that he's immature and stuff like that is great. But also on the other side, like the much documented video about him talking to his offensive lineman, like what can I do better? I and like that. So in the, the the him like him embracing Kevin O'Connell, O'Connell right after the game, there's clearly a level of I give a shit, and I think that is so important. Like it's not just I'm here to collect a paycheck. You're not Baker Mayfield. where like, look, man, I'm just about the commercials now. I already made my success in the NFL, right? Like, I, I and I think as bad as this is to say, I really like the fact that Haskins is getting his ass pounded this year because it looks, it, it also exposes him to like, hey, I got a long ass way to go and I got a ton of work to do on my own as opposed to enjoying success too fast, like Baker Mayfield. And I think that's just what it is. He's just drinking his own Kool-Aid too much in terms of Mayfield. Um, so the fact that he is wired that way, all accounts, that he asks the right questions, he talks to the veterans, he wants to get input on what he has to do better. All of those things, he's wired, quote unquote, the right way in those. And I think that gives me reassurance for all the things that he has wrong, that he does wrong, or that, you know, he needs to fix. There's a commitment in terms of his intangibles to want to do so.
0: Yeah. I'm also pumped that he's attached to the hip, apparently, to Alex Smith. I mean, yes. I mean, look at Mahomes. Mahomes is the first person to say I have been successful in the NFL because of Alex Smith. He literally, every chance he gets, he, he talks about it. So th- there are things I agree with that. You know, the, the missing, the, so I didn't actually see um, him uh, miss the knee. Um, I, had, I, had, I was doing something else, and then I was like, oh, he led the fourth quarter drive, and my buddy just texted me. He's like, wait, why isn't Haskins on the field? And I was like, we told him. Uh, bonehead. But I rewatched the games today and when we come out for the knee fox is zero seconds on the clock yep um so it hasn't definitely thought the game was over yes um so and i which he wasn't it, a hot was, dog end uh, or something like that like there was a legitimate miscommunication yeah. some sort. all things standing like don't do it again yes. i don't think it's i don't think it's as big of a deal as people want to make it out to be though um, though <laughs> I will say it's like, come on, guy, that's just like one-on-one. Yeah. Um, it's a talking but,
1: point for the sake of being a talking point, but you should know better hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And then I agree with you that I'm a closer line today um, or yesterday, whenever it was, Is like, dude, get over yourself. Um, so I think there's a lot, but I also, to your point, the embrace with um, O'Connell, even Moses came in right after him and gave yep. him a huge bear hug um, and I think if he didn't give a shit, then he still would be struggling with the playbook. Um, you know, there's, there's little things um, that he does that I do think you're right. Like, he ran for that first down uh, on the game-winning drive, uh, broke the pocket, ran, dove for the first down, instead of sliding. If he slides, he gives himself up two yards short of the first down, dives, gets it. And then he gets up, and you see his reaction, and he is jacked up. And the, and the part that I actually think was like, okay, the players actually do respond to you is Flowers came over, dapped him up, and was pumped. Flowers ran 10 yards down the field to pick him up. Um, and I think the offensive line actually responded a little bit to him. when he, I mean, granted, what can you do to help? Probably know where your check downs are. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going in there. You know, Moses had the, well, if they run, rush five, there's only five of us. There's little things that go back and forth. But I think the team responded to to him because I think you're right. I think they see that he cares in the work that he puts in. Um, and he's an idiot he's got to figure some things out yep. and learn how to deal with the media. You should watch Bull Durham and, and see how Crash Davis talks to the, talk to the media. So he figure figures it out. But, um, you know, I, I think he's immature, but you know, not to harp on it, but I do think he cares. And um, that's why I think it's so important for us to get this coaching hire, right. Because if we do that, I think we'll be in good shape. So or let's, we'll. let's say Bruce, think-
1: Bruce, Bruce, Bruce will be there. So we're fucking anyway, but. But exactly. we can, help. But, we can. Help. So we, there's Bill Callahan. He is what he is. I, I, I think the awesome. worst possible scenario could be Callahan staying because that means we'd be mired in a 1730s offense. Uh-huh. And, your um,
0: boy, uh, your boy from Burgundy blog is staying, saying, saying yeah. that uh, there's a riff in the, uh, in the Ashburn. Cause I, I,
1: I, I hope there is. I, I genuinely hope there is because I'm like, we can't, we can't do any more of this. I do believe that, um, I, I firmly believe, and if you read between the lines from, like, some of Ben Standig's report on The Athletic and among other sources, where, like, if you read Kevin O'Connell, he's like, I'm doing the best I can do, but no one's listening to anything I really have to say. So I'm just going to be a good soldier, and I'm going to put in whatever input I can to the game plan. And there are sprinkles, I think um, – I can't remember even who was calling the, who was calling the game for was, us on.
0: If you're talking about the O'Connell one, it was, uh, it was Ben uh, Standing.
1: No, no, whoever was the, the stupid play by play or color analyst for the game itself. But they were pointing uh, out, like, a couple of interesting... Today. It was a Rondé Barber, I, I tend to tune those guys out. Um, and they called out a couple of interesting play designs. I think there was that one swing pass where, like, that Wendell Smallwood... And God, I hate the fact that Wendell Smallwood is ever on the field. But, that, like, Wendell Smallwood has, like, lined out trips left, and then he rolled over to the right side, and then they kind of ran, like, screen off to the right. Like, there was some interesting play calls, right? And I think if we had an innovative excuse me, if we allowed our innovative offensive coordinator to innovate in the offense, that there would be more, you know, there would be things that we could enable that would make Haskins better, and there would just be a more interesting dynamic offense, as opposed to this mixology of O'Connell wanting to do one thing and Callahan mm-hmm. wanting to do something straight out of this, you know, the Bronze Age. Um
0: the most frustrating part about that is the Redskins know they have something special in O'Connell, and like, let's be real, who knows? We don't really know how good O'Connell really is. He could sure. be really bad for all we know. Um, I think I think Redskins fans have latched onto him because of McVeigh. They they think we don't want to lose another McVeigh. That being said, that that I read the article in the Athletic the same way as you did. It's like you have you have a head coach who says I'm more worried about rush attempts than yards. Um, and you have O'Connell who comes more from Jay Gruden's side where he wants to throw the ball. So you see our passing game, the, the concepts are actually pretty interesting. Um, but if we're still rushing the ball 60%, percent of downs on first down with Adrian Peterson, like it doesn't really matter. It, the, the,
1: the analytics are showing more and more in football that – it's like play action for instance the number one revelation of analytics is that play action works regardless of how many times you run the ball you could literally not run the ball the entire game and play action still works so it's not the whole adage of the run sets up the pass is one of the biggest fallacies that's been developed in football right and don't that the... to chris russell <laughs> exactly and then even people like cliff kingsbury have come into the league and said look the run is a is a I don't want to say change up, but the run is a tool to be used in the context of the offense. It shouldn't necessarily be the centerpiece of the offense. Now there are some teams like the Buffalo Bills, like the Baltimore Ravens who still make it a centerpiece of their offense. And if you're fully geared towards that, that works, but we're not geared towards that. We don't have, that type of offense. We're not necessarily built that way. Josh Allen, excuse me, Dwayne Haskins is not Josh Allen. Dwayne Haskins is not Lamar Jackson. Like we're not really built for that type of offense. We don't have the staple of running backs, even with guys Peterson. Like it's, it's just not there. Make sure you shit don't have the offensive line right now. Um, Interesting stat that jumped out to me, and I tweeted this on the, on the Hale to the District Twitter, was that um, on fourth down aggressiveness, the Redskins are the second least aggressive team in the NFL in terms of fourth downs that are considered make-able. Uh The, the Ravens, Ravens are number, number one. Ravens are number one. The Colts are number two. You'll never believe who's actually dead last behind us. This was the most surprising one. Patriots? It was McVeigh and the Rams. Really? It was. The least aggressive team on fourth down, which I think kind of tells That's you is. About his trust in Jared Goff and the fact that Todd Gurley has an arthritic knee, and no one's really talking about it.
0: Goff, Goff sucks. Yeah.
1: Um, well, their offense. I think that's another one. Their offensive line has been hot, hot, steaming garbage this year, and it's the story that no one wants to talk about at all. But Todd Gurley has one knee, and that and the other knee is going to fall off in the next year or two, and just no one wants to acknowledge this. Like he's on, he's 27 years old, if that, and he's already on a load management thing because you know, he's basically bone on bone on one knee, which is not exactly great if you're running back. But um, I think to your point the the coaching hire is going to be immensely important, immensely important. Um, You know, a few names are starting to percolate two that have come up. Eric B was the hot name about a couple of weeks ago. I think that's a thing still remains to be seen at the end of the day, what happens. I would, prefer him in some cases because i feel like he's more of an organizational ceo type and he could hire people there's a chance he could even try to keep o'connell around potentially and just kind of let them run their own fiefdoms in terms of offense and defense um todd bulls name is picking up a lot of steam lately uh i'm not quite as new jerk no as you are i don't know
0: if we are gonna put the video up but for everyone who's listening i just shook my head immediately
1: <laughs> um is um, I think he's a little he's a little milk toast, admittedly. But I think if he had a guy who can kind of run the offense and let again someone like run the offense independently, and he focuses more on the defense, like a reverse Joe Gibbs, if you will, um, I think there's there's some potential there. Although it's just another harkening back to the Redskins glory days. But there's the thing that, that Todd Bowles is close with um, Doug Williams. The point is is that they need to have somebody who's going to be focused entirely on Dwayne Haskins' development, but but not myopically. Like it's just got to, you got to, in, in. I hate to use this word because of the, because it's of the joke that Bruce Allen made out of it, but installing the right culture around Dwayne Haskins.
0: Hey, we got a damn good culture. Damn good culture. Um, culture is damn one, good. One name I've seen floating around, which I didn't realize how successfully he's been as a coach is Jim Caldwell.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and the reason I didn't – like, he was uh, the offensive coordinator when Flacco led the Ravens to the Super Bowl. He had all those really good years with the, with the Lions. And I feel like if you can win in Detroit, you're kind of like us. You can win anywhere. Um, and he is the kind of guy that would probably be a CEO slash, like, I'm going to run my ship. Maybe, to your point, maybe he keeps O'Connell. But, like, he'd be more that CEO type.
1: Yes. Um, but I, then again, he's also probably like 70 at this point. the um, so. only problem is that he's – Painfully unsexy in terms of his like in terms of the sizzle that he'll bring. That that's the yeah. only downside with him.
0: Yeah, well, maybe so that, that's what you need. You know, yeah. when you just need someone to win. It, it, although if Bruce Allen leaves, I don't care who we hire as coach. We could be 0 and sixteen. I'll be I'll be excited. Um, but I will say here's here's my thing with coaching. This is going to be a little bit of a changeup for you. Um, so it's no secret that Manessky is the worst defensive coordinator in the world. At least I think he is. Him and Joel Berry can duke it out for who I hate more um, in terms of defensive coordinators. And I think this tweak was a little bit of uh, a showcase as to why he's such a terrible coordinator. For starters, Norman gets benched, right? And we can talk about that if you want, but everyone's talk coming. He's just not very good. Um, and basically he's playing a little bit out of position, I guess, but regardless, nothing's really happening with him on the field. And then Moreau moves to the outside, which is where we drafted him to play, and which where he is openly said he's more comfortable playing, and he has two picks. Um, one thing this guy can do is run, right? That dude, if that pick he had down the sideline, he was running stride for stride with whoever the ball was thrown to, interception. Then he read it at the end of the game, picked off. So he had two picks. If a player is that comfortable playing on the outside, why is he playing in the slot? If Moreland is openly said he'd rather play in the slot, why is he playing on the outside? You have these two like, wires switched. I don't understand how it takes you 10 games to figure that out, especially because Moreau's been here for three years. So we need a coach who like, gets his players and schemes to his players. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of, oh, you know, the scheme didn't work today. I need coaches who you know what the hell they're doing. That's, that's my little rant on the defense because they actually played well, and I think it's because players were in better position to
1: succeed. I'm trying to look through every NFL team right now and run through my Rolodex. I can't find anyone worse than Minusky where I'm like, yeah, that guy's definitively worse than Manusky. No, can't. it sucks. I was trying to challenge that premise, and I can't. I, I really can't. What was them.
0: the last time? We, I mean, we, we were actually a little more creative this past week, but the, I think it was, it was Craig Hoffman or uh, J.P. Finley, one of the two. They were like, the Redskins rush for a lot. The Redskins never get home when they when they rush four, ever. But they keep and rushing like, for. But they keep rushing for, and we just hope that our like Allen's really talented, Payne's really talented. But they're still it's still four against five, and a lot of times four against six if the if the running back's in there. So like, to, even though these guys are so great, you're still relying on them to win one on one every single play. You have to create pressure. Collins is a great safety in the box. He's proven that this year. Bring him. He's a freaking missile. Um, get creative do stunts do something it's just so hard to watch when you just see this down lineman every single time and it doesn't get creative it's the same thing every week and we get torched and it's just
1: i think one of the it's been alluded to in many cases but i think you know we know for a fact that we are awful at third down uh, stopping anyone on third down Um, we're historically bad. we I was going back through this. Do you know we've never led in any game in time of possession in any of our 10 games this year? We've never finished the game with having the ball more than the other team. We average, the other team averages. I, I ran the math actually on this. It's just under 34 minutes per game, which sounds like it's 50 50, but like that actually makes a huge difference if you sit and think about it. They're, they're having the ball, you know, 10 to 15% more than we are. Um, So, yeah, and and I think that's just because the fact is we can't get off the field. And, I mean, how many games, especially early on when we harbored false hope, where did we have our our backs broken, especially in the third quarter, right? Because we just can't get stops. I mean, it could be third and 43 for all that matters, and it's still going to be able to get off the field because, I mean, we still wouldn't be able to get off the field because, you know, Greg Minuski. And I know the defense has played slightly better since the change at uh, at head coach, but it's still a bottom 10 defense in terms of the pass and the run. So, uh, you know, it's – it's think a shit by any other name. Think about this way. Think about how bad Mitchell Trubisky is. Just think about how bad he
0: is. Yeah. Now, they have a receiver on their team. I forget his name at this point, but had 12 catches in his whole career coming into the Monday night game with us, and he had three touchdowns in the
1: first half. Taylor Gabriel.
0: Yeah. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. We made Mitch Trubisky look like the number two overall pick yeah, he that he was. Like, he
1: looked like Steve Young. I mean, let's just call it a space speed, right? Like that was one of the most abominable things I've ever seen. Like, I wish uh, hey,
0: we Tra- played the Ravens just to see what Lamar would do to us.
1: Trubisky couldn't throw the ball into the ocean if he's standing on the beach, and he had almost he had 230 yards and three touchdowns against us. It, it's unfathomable. But, we beat we beat uh, Josh Rosen led Dolphins team mm-hmm. and a
0: dude Driscoll that was playing wide receiver for the Bengals two years ago. So. That's all you need to know about our two wins in the NFL.
1: And we were a yard away from losing to the Miami Dolphins. We need can't remember that. Uh, yeah, you talked about the Josh Rosen component, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Fitz Fitz Magic almost got yeah. It was <laughs> a bad play call, and one yard away from losing that game. I'm actually convinced they tanked that call on purpose. I'm I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't put put it past them. Um. I, we, we said it before this season. And that's the frustrating part is we lamented over the first few games that I won't call this defense star studded by any stretch, but there are pieces. And the fact is we are, the team in general is the master jamming square pegs in the round holes, but that is not more, that is nowhere more evident than on the defense. Um, uh, we are perpetually playing players out of position. And, uh, and frankly speaking, I am not a defender of his, but I think one of the biggest reasons why Josh Norman has been such trash over here is because I don't think we've ever figured out the best way to leverage whatever talent he has. I mean, I, I think that's just a fact.
0: No, I, I, you're 100% right. We talk about this amongst my friend group all the time, how he's just criminally misused. It's, it's criminal, like, the way we use him. Um, and like, there's times he does get beat. Well, even when he came over to the Redskins, you I don't know if you remember this, but like, he only stayed on one side of the field and never followed the best receiver because like he was a zone corner and he locked it down. He's not a man to man corner because he's pretty good at coming up and jamming receivers, but when he's he a plays
1: off, corner,
0: yeah, but when, he come, when he's off, people get ahead of his team, they can run by him. He's not the fastest cornerback in the world. He's not. So, you put, so, like, so we set him 10 yards back. Yep. And he gets burned because of it. And it's like, it's really frustrating. And I, I like, part of me feels for him. Um, also, I'm also just kind of tired of him because he's so much money and he's not misused, so might as well move on. Um, but as far as like that, I even think, like, this is, I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't know if this is a cold take. I don't know what kind of take this is. Even though Ryan Kerrigan is only two sacks away from becoming the Redskins' all time leader in uh, sacks, I think he's misused. He, we have a three, four, He's a 4-3 end, in my opinion. He should be – his hand should be in the dirt, setting the edge. That's what he is. Instead, we have him freaking dropping back
1: and covering like Darren Sproles in the flat. If Ryan Kerrigan is ever dropping back and covering, something is very, very wrong. And that's not – It, happens, he, every it yeah. happens every game. It
0: happens every game. I just like – I just – I don't think uh, if uh, – you can tell I'm already at a loss because it happens every week. And now we have Sweat, who's this physical freak. Mm-hmm. And we don't can't use it. him. Don't, we don't have any. Uh, we have no way of untapping what he can do. Um,
1: I I think the same goes for Ryan Anderson. I think Ryan Anderson's talented. He has his flaws. Um, and if you want any, so Ryan Anderson's one. I think we've never figured out fully what to do with him because there's a disconnect between McClue and drafting him and whatever the coaching staff was at the time, whether it was Barry or whether it was um, we've made the switch over uh, to Manoski. They don't know how to use him. My argument still be that he's a. He's, we should put 10 pounds on him and be a, play him as a defensive end because I think that's probably his better position. He's too big and uh, he's too bulky to be an outside linebacker. Or he's a 4'3 Sam linebacker. Um, but if you want – there's no more damning evidence about our inability to maximize the talents of our players than Preston Smith in Green Bay.
0: Oh, like, he, he's even come out and said it's because of the scheme. Mm-hmm. He's what, 10
1: sacks? You he, have sack last night? He's been an absolute monster over there. Um, to no surprise to anyone, uh, he was a first-round pick p- talent. We drafted him, I believe, as thirty-seventh overall,
0: second round. Yeah,
1: yeah, something right in that general neighborhood. Maybe he's in the early forties. I can't remember if we traded back, whatever it was. Um, and yeah, he walks, and he all of a sudden, you know, is playing at a near Pro Bowl level, whatever that means. And in as you said, came out and said, "Like, what was there? Like, what's the difference this year?" It's like they know how to use my talents. I mean, how much more candid do you need to be?
0: You know, it's funny that um, McLuhan has since gotten some shit about his draft classes, and like, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that he drafted Dodson and Sua. Sua uh, was the big one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dotson, yes. You got two two pretty big big misses on your on your record there. But if you look at his first class, he took Scherf. Preston Smith and Crowder, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys are good. Um, I mean, Sheriff hasn't been great this year, but he's he's going to get paid. Um, Smith is Smith is turned into a borderline all-pro player. Not quite, but, you know, to your point, he's going to make the Pro Bowl. And then Crowder is going to lead the Jets in receptions by miles, and our offense misses him big time. Now we're dealing with freaking Trey Quinn, who is terrible, and Sims should play over. But the moral of the story is, like – I don't think people realize how good Crowder really was when he was in that slot position for us and healthy being healthy was important and he not very good at returning points, but we had no one else to return to us anyway. So it didn't matter.
1: We all expect general managers to all of a sudden, like if you're a really good general manager, you're hitting on every single one of your pick, but let's let, let let's just finish this Scott McLuhan had shitty drafts narrative, right? 2015, you said it. Sheriff Preston Smith, Jameson Crowder and Kaishon Jarrett in the sixth round. Right. Those were solid picks. Austin Writer, if I'm not mistaken, who's our seventh round pick. I believe is still in the league and he's still playing at the moment, right? Starts. Um, he starts, right? So it's not like that was a shitty pick. Did he miss on Matt Jones? Yes, he missed on Matt Jones. All right, we're not going to sit here and tell you otherwise. Uh, that was a that was a terrible pick. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Couldn't hold on to the ball. Fine, uh, shit. Uh, so that was. That was 2015. Uh, Martrell Spate was fine. He missed on Ari Kwanjo, but Kaishan Jarrett, if it wasn't for the freak injury, he was another good player. Josh Dodson, moving on to 2016. McLuhan's missed that. He's admitted he missed because he didn't realize what was between Dodson's ears. He saw the physical talent. He thought he had everything he needed. Same thing could be said about Sua Cravens. But think about that. Kendall Fuller was in that draft. Nate Sudfeld, who is still in the league. Keith Marshall, who was a five-star recruit, just obviously blew out his knees, but at the seventh round pick, you could have done a lot worse. And then Ionitis, we won't give him credit because we realize that was more of a J pick in general. Right? Love guys. 2017, Jonathan Allen. Now, we, this is when they dismissed him, but Jonathan Allen, Ryan Anderson, Fabian Moreau, Monte Nicholson. Well, I don't want to touch Monte Nicholson. Uh, Chase Rulier and... <laughs> josh and, and jeremy sprinkle this the guy who likes to steal things but and joshua holsey actually in the same class and josh harvey clemens right but jonathan allen fell into their laps because of bullshit draft night stuff ryan anderson was a good player fabian moreau until he tore his peck was a first-round talent Samaj p ryan good player just not really meant to play in the nfl because he's big and strong and that's really about it um you know, and then 2018 was really the first draft without him, which is, you know, when we yielded Jeron Payne, Darius Guys, and Jeron Christian. And I don't know if Jeron Christian is going to make it, frankly.
0: Why did he start and then not play the rest of the games? Has that I been, don't know. has that been like, Donald Penn's terrible. Uh, no, he's I mean, he was good. Christian. I know, but like, Donald Penn's not going to be here next year. Christian no. will be. We might as well play him. I don't and know. it's I it, I they're, they're, that position. Oh, I, I definitely think they will. And, they'll do it by trading the best left tackle in football um, to get picks so we can get a left tackle. Um, um, Yeah, I mean, McLuhan, I think, I think you're right. Everyone expects these draft picks that new GMs make to be like, Oh, you know, we're going to hit on seven picks and all of a sudden our team's going to be great. He hit on a few good ones. uh, But I think what McLuhan did is, and you kind of, you know, playfully touched on this earlier, but uh, that sounded weird. Um, the, the, the culture aspect of it, McLuhan's established a culture of winning. He was on the field. He was football. Uh, players. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but like there was a moment when, uh, Breland like blew up in a meeting at Jay and stormed out. And it was actually McLuhan who brought him into his office to calm yes. down. And you know, who hated that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, Obviously, I sent you the article, but it was sent to me about uh, Trent Williams being like, you know, Scott McClellan saved this franchise. And lo and behold, two years later, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm sure it definitely sounds like he, he had probably some, some alcohol problems, etc.
1: I, da- like, I See, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I think that was a total smear. You know, I think it was a total smear job. I think Even
0: though comment. we won the grievance? But the thing was is that
1: – so, okay, maybe – like, I don't know. I don't I know. hope. I hope. I hope you're right, by the way. I think somebody got like he. They caught him with like he might he might have had two three beers instead of two or four beers instead of two one night and they used. He
0: He wouldn't play pumppo with Danny and Bruce. Film the whole thing.
1: They did like they did Jay Gruden dirty, right? Like, come on, like you know, leaking that f- video of him doing the beatnik thing on the middle of the street and like yeah, you know, with the girl oh, right before that. they fired him. Like, come on, and like people reporting like this video is two or three years old, so they had it and they went ahead and leaked it at a strategic time. Like, come on, like this is a t- it was a total smear job. This is our mo. This book. is what we did. Yeah,
0: it's so stupid. No, sorry. Oh, Trent Williams.
1: Let me with the with the whole. You know, the, the well. You know, we we informed you you had cancer years ago. You're just too stupid to get it checked out again. Like this is our public, our mo. We smear the guy before we push him out the door. Yeah, the <laughs> the
0: J videos are hilarious.
1: Uh, I told you, drinking
0: beers with that guy would be awesome. It really uh, would be. Um, but I like. <clears throat> To, to your point I'm missing on the on the draft picks hitting on the draft picks but like the football players thing i think keeps coming back to me he had that tan suit he was on the 20 yard line like he was playing in the game the players respected him um he was a scout i mean that's what he did he just yes. loved football yes and what do we do with his two years we had winning records in both years um and we haven't had back-to-back winning years since gibbs i don't think before that yep uh, or gibbs won get um no we and went back to back in Gibbs too. No, I think we went six no, we and ten playoffs, six no, and ten playoffs. No. Yep. Um and as soon as he leaves, like the thing just goes to shit. Um and it started like with the Alex Smith signing, it was a bad signing. It was um, you know, going and getting signing Mark Sanchez to play football for us. Um and then I think the most malpractice thing he's ever done is – and this is the same a lot because there's a lot of things uh, – is drafting Dwayne Haskins and then alienating Trent Williams, who's the guy that's supposed to protect him on his blind side. So you're literally setting this guy up for zero success. Um, not to mention not giving Jay a contract extension or firing him and then firing him five games into Haskins' rookie year to let him play for Callahan. Like, we have set this kid up to fail and it. it all starts with Bruce. I don't know how we got here, but I fucking hate him. My wife's laughing because she knows how much I hate
1: him. It's, he's the most, I mean, uh, political aspirations aside, or political discussions aside, he's the most hated man in Washington. Even in fact, regardless of what style. The, he's I, more hated than Dan. That's I, hard I, to do. I, I, I genuinely believe that. I do. Because I will make no apologies for who Dan Snyder is as human being, because I think he's as vile as they come. Um, but Snyder has done, in certain instances, shown some level of compassion, like in Sean Taylor's passing, even with some of the stuff about Trent Williams, like in going and getting. Trent's trained. come out is like, no, he's still my boy. Right. And, and there's many cases where, I mean, he's still, Alex Smith still seems to hold him in, in, in good regard. It's in his you box know. every game. So, I don't think Snyder is as reviled. and I don't think you'll find anybody in that organization who's – I mean, we, may, we joked about that comment that Adrian Peterson made who is going to be a proponent of, of Bruce Allen. Like, I think he's universally the loathed, best loathed among everyone. I um, mean, he,
0: the, um, speaking of Vince standing Athletic, he wrote an article about what scouts said about Bruce Allen, and it's wildly entertaining because um, it just rips – everyone just rips Bruce Allen. They're like, yeah. You know, and then he's also ranked the least trusted GM in the league mm-hmm. by, I forget who, CBS maybe. Um, it's like, it's like, oh, I just don't understand. But, <laughs> I know we always end up on this topic. I just, it still baffles me. This guy still has a job at this point. I'm kind of like, wow, good for you.
1: You know, I, I can't, I think it was Lock for who said that, no, it was Jake Lazer who said that the only reason around, because he's a, he's a cores and Wings buddy. So that's it. He just—he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's 2.0. I mean, let's just call. Make me your space. core
0: – Make your your cores and
1: uh, wing guy. I'm, guys will be getting cut so fast. Yeah Start right. Exactly. There's a thousand guys who are going to be your cores in in, 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 in wings guy. And DC yeah. didn't have good wings? So. I
0: think I think the the biggest thing about so we talked a little bit about in the beginning about the like. I don't know if we were talking about this on air, if we were talking about this before we started recording this, but the idea of like the Caps won the world, the Stanley cup DC went ape shit. The Nats won the world series. I don't, I wasn't there unfortunately, which is a big regret of mine, but I went ape apeshit. Um, if the Redskins won the world series what, or Super Bowl, what would happen? Right. Yeah. And like, I think that the city's just lost so much interest because, because of Bruce. No, one, no one really cares um and kids like grew up with these winning teams and what i was getting to is the fact that like the one team that's not winning is the wizards or outside of the red suits and what does Le- Le- ted uh, leonis do he goes and talks to like a hundred famously now like a hundred different people from obama to um sasha and, brown to yeah among everybody why? Because he's trying to figure it out. And he's granted he
1: fucked up with Ernie for sixteen years, but like he but learned from it. MO, he his it. mo has always been to hang on to a guy for five, yeah. two years,
0: five years, yeah. two. But he's like in the post. He's doing interviews. He's like, hey guys, this one's on me. I'm trying to fix it. Here you go. When who has anyone ever? Is Dan's not a robot? Has anyone ever seen him outside of a, a camera shot with like him bribing somebody in his box at a game? I mean, he's never spoke to anybody. He's never
1: come out and done anything. Like the only thing I'll challenge about he, that is there's like, like he's doing. did we like, no one ever knew, or I think I 40 people didn't know that like he's close to Mike Tomlin, right. Or like he has good relationships with certain key important figures around the NFL. And I'm not just talking like Stu, just like Bob Kraft and Jerry Jones and things like that. Right. Like he, he is respected.
0: I think the owners hate him. I everything I've read,
1: everything I've read the owners don't like him. Um but he has certain, you know, he is he's got some um good relationships with some important people in the NFL, he's probably universally or mostly hated. But I to you, to where you're going, I don't think he thinks he's doing anything wrong. Ugh, that's the problem, and, and, and I think that's it to, to you to validate where you're going. I don't think he thinks anything wrong, he is the dog with the big beady eyes in the midst of the kitchen fire saying this is fine he he really is that guy he is that (laughs) me that's a good comparison right and uh i i think bruce is too dumb and too drunk to know anything at any point in time and i i think the line that's been off stated so many times that don't forget we were six and three at one point last year is the most is the most blinding and damning thing about this organization. And it's something that everyone is repeated, pointed over to over and over again, that they're so diluted. And I think more than anything else, you have to remember that Snyder is still making five to 8% growth every single year on this franchise. So no matter yeah. what we're doing, the fact that the stadium is now 50% empty every game for, I don't know where the fuck the money's coming from, but it's still coming and we're not hitting. Yeah, it uh,
0: there's Yahoo literally just wrote an article about, um, how the Redskins make their money. Because um, I was actually wondering it too. I was like, how do, we, how do we even remotely get close to making money? So I didn't know this. In the NFL, uh, the attendance goes 60-40. So what I mean by that is the home team only gets 60% of the proceeds while the pro like, Hawaii oh, team gets 40. So every game, no matter what, the Redskins are getting 40% of, you know, whatever, at least 40% of. So, like, the home games I don't think matter as much, the pricing, the concessions, et cetera. They have so much money based on sponsors. They're just raking in cash and the TV contract alone with ESPN, it's CBS the Fox, all those pay off. It's exactly the same amount of money as the player contracts total. So like that's a wash completely. So they're probably losing a little money, but like all things considered, they're going to continue. just It's just going to continue to grow. It's, yeah. Although I, I don't know why I harbor hopes this will never happen, but when Snyder bought the team, one of his lines in his introduction press conference was I don't, um, I forget the exact line I'm blanking out, but it essentially he says, I sell right before it, it's supposed to start to bust. Right, he sells. He sells at the highest point, and I'm like, "Well, sell now because it's going to start coming down at some point." But it's not. I don't sell.
1: know if you caught the news cycle about a week to ten days ago when Jeff Bezos made the thing where he yeah. wants to buy an NFL team, and every single person in the city is like, "Take it, please take this, yeah. take the Redskins, please." I'm in. I'm in Seattle. I'm about to drive to his house and be like, "Dude, please <laughs> yeah. save me, save right. me, um, Yeah, that made a lot of waves, and unfortunately, it's not going to be a thing. And now, I I, th- I think over a year, all, it's all just about the new stadium. That's all wherever that's going to end up that's that's all it is at this point point and then maybe after that there's a chance but um you know there's there's some real 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 under the ground rumblings that maybe Bruce isn't as safe as we think he is but i don't think there's enough yeah, how to...
0: how accurate is burgundy's blog
1: i don't even think that was brent necessarily over there i think there's been other whispers and stuff like that that like don't like don't completely despair it's not 100% hopeless but at the end of the day there's, no re- there's nothing concrete to hang our hat on because everything that we've heard from trusted sources is that, nope, he's fine. and That's
0: part of the reason why you asked me my thoughts in the game like right off. Like, that's why I want to lose so badly. Uh, I want to embarrass
1: ourselves every week just so Bruce is gone. I had a coworker walk up to me this morning and goes, I can't believe the Redskins won. And I said, it was hundred percent Pyrrhic. It was a Pyrrhic win. Like it's a win that actually did very nothing. It, that did very little. In fact, might've been detrimental. One from a draft position and two, we can't sell hope. We cannot sell the illusion of hope. I, I, I ranted about this on one of our early season podcasts. I think the worst possible thing anyone who loves this franchise can do is support the status quo. I see all these Redskins fans on Twitter and they're like, decked out in burgundy and gold and going to the game and drinking the, and the hog farmers and like, and just going into the game. Like I'm a true fan. I'm like, no, you're a fucking idiot. That's what you are. Like you are supporting the situation that we're in right now. And in some fact you're actually enabling it. You are literally handing crack to a crackhead and wondering why the crackhead is not getting better. That's what you're doing <laughs> right now.
0: You're going all the way to Landover, Maryland to watch football games at FedEx field, the worst stadium in the world.
1: Uh, I, I, I've, I've always hated the idea that true fans support the team no matter what. No, true fans root for the best for the team and want to see the team succeed, not reward poor play yeah. and, and raging incompetence and even more raging corruption. Well, the good news is we still got a chance to win the division. <laughs> yeah. So credit. I want to give a shout out to um, at Miss. At hey, Mr. Underscore Carter, if you happen to be listening to it, because he went out on Twitter today and calculated that the Redskins are still mathematically not only eligible for the playoffs, but mathematically eligible to win the NFC East.
0: That's how bad it is.
1: is There's a universe where if the Redskins, I mean, it's obviously a bunch of ifs and buts, but it's mathematically possible. And it's not even like some crazy-ass tie scenario. It's the Redskins win out. Dallas loses out and I'm signing me up for Dallas losing out. I'm always about that. So the Redskins completely win every game remaining on their schedule, putting them at seven and nine. Dallas has to lose every game on their schedule, which I believe would put them at six and 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, The Eagles have to lose every game except against Dallas. And the Giants have to lose every game except against Philadelphia. And if that happens, um, yes. And if that happens, the Redskins win the division. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying, and then at the end of the season, we're going to say, what was all that one in a million talk?
0: Yeah. Oh man, that would be a disaster. (laughs) That'd give Bruce all the firepower he needs. Uh, Yeah. Selling
1: uh, that hope, man. Selling that hope. He's still going, going to people so we can still win the division. Oh
0: man. The only hope we got is Geis and McLaurin seem to be both pretty good. Um, that's the only hope in my opinion we got to borrow
1: from Bill Simmons uh, um if the, we decided that we need to cut Wendell Smallwood, I'll drive him to the airport so we can get Darius Guy some more reps. yeah, why is he playing? I don't know. It's one of those myopic things where like he probably practices hard, so the coaches love him, and it's like I get it. We'll always reward the guy who practices hard and doesn't play well over the guy who may not have the best practice habits but actually would be you know beneficial to the team i don't even think i don't even think ap should play it's like
0: dude you're you're old washed up we should have traded you but we're too dumb of an organization to do it what's going on like just give just let Guys be the guy and see what you got and let him run and get comfortable with geist and, or uh, haskins and he's a good pass blocker he runs freaking hard and dude's got more speed than i realized when he turned the corner against the jets he took off so just play him
1: we he's tend to forget it because you feel like he's been here forever. This is his, what, third game in the NFL? Yeah. Like, third. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, he's three so, games. So, And he's only so, finished, too. I think he's so early in his NFL development. Like, hey, maybe we should use him. There's less tread on that tire.
0: Yeah. Instead, instead, of, instead of handing the ball off 70% of the time on first down to a guy that's been in the league since, like,
1: Madden 02. Doesn't matter how, what you do, how you do on those rushing attempts, as long as you run the ball. Even if you hit yeah. the line of scrimmage and fall over, that's okay. Signed, Bill Callahan. Yeah, stupid. All right, we'll call it a note on that that uh, that enthusiastic uh, that enthusiastic tidbit. So, thank you for everyone who's made it to this far. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to us on SoundCloud and uh, or on, I- on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud. Um, hopefully, we'll pick up a little more pace towards the end of the season and look ahead to the off because, frankly, that's all we have to look forward to unless the craziest scenario of us winning the champ of uh, winning the NFC East division actually materializes, which it won't. Um, but until then, thank you so much. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast.